Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, and I know you do, give us that five-star review. And as always, we taught judging in MMA, so you should head over to abcboxing.com to read the criteria. Dan, uh, we are just past midnight uh, following Easter. I, uh, I I had a nice time with my family. I don't know if you had the chance to do much with your family. Yeah. It's not as big for you probably as me with my little kids and, and the Easter Bunny coming. Yeah, he skipped past his house. That's too bad. I, Easter Bunny came for me. Hopped on down, right on past. Now the bunny dropped me some candy. <laughs> well, that was good. good for you. Yeah, I know. My wife got some candy. The kids got candy. They got they got sand buckets and shovels and hula hoops and all oh, sorts wow. of. I don't Lots know. Of goodies. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the deal with the the bunny was, but he was bringing some interesting toys and stuff like that. All right. Some bathing suits. Oh, some candy. Well, so it's getting warm out. So yeah, yeah, it was a good time though. Uh, at least except for the uh, the church incident that I was just telling you about. Yeah. Long story short. For people uh, at home, I took my kids to Catholic Mass. I'm not a Catholic. My wife is, uh, and you know, we're raising the kids Catholic, so we, we all went to Mass. And, uh, well, my kids weren't dead silent as requested uh, by apparently the person next to me who would prefer that they be able to focus on Mass instead of have to hear my kid talk like a little bit. He's four, by the way. And uh, yeah, it's, it, excuse me, could you please control your kid? I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> gesturing toward following mass. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? This kid's probably 16, 17, talking to a grown man like this. I'm like, guy, you <laughs> have you ever tried to control a four-year-old? It doesn't work. No. No. And you, you, you've met my kids before, right? Yep. Yeah. You can't control these kids. <laughs> Which is, I mean, they would work in the criteria because, you know, Dominic Cruz wouldn't, wouldn't be able to control them. Oh, well. The control see, time would be very minimal. No, my my kids would absolutely own an effective uh, offense because <laughs> they, especially my youngest, because he loves to, like, get on top and take your back and, and really sink the hooks in and mm-hmm. stuff. So, no, he's, he's, he's working his way to dominance most fights. Did, did he figure out how to um, advance past full back mount? No, 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 no. I, oh. the, the search for that continues. Okay. <laughs> you want you want to shed a little light on that one day? Yeah, some uh, some guy was telling us that Aljo was not advancing once he got the back. Don't know where he was supposed to advance to, but uh, he wasn't doing it. To, you know, according to this guy. So, and that's the real reason why he didn't deserve a ten eight <laughs> in in round two last week was because he wasn't advancing past back mount body triangle, <laughs> searching for subs, and then it certain points laying down heavy ground and pound from a flat to a flattened out opponent i'm not really sure what more you got to do than that but hey whatever yeah uh that's that's old news though dan i mean we're on we're on the past weekend which as as kind of i i thought that ufc uh what was it 273 uh the numbers at this point just kind of drive me two weeks ago yeah two weeks ago was used at 273 i thought that was a pretty solid event um this whole past weekend not so solid. Bellator, uh, UFC, I, I mean, it had its moments, but on the whole, I, a lot of weirdness. A lot of weirdness, I'd say. I, I enjoyed the the co-main and main of Bellator. Okay. And that's coming from someone who truly despises Bellator. 
there's no reason why they didn't <laughs> promote this event until two days before it happened. I was texting you when I was getting ads yeah. uh, on YouTube. It's like, oh, that, I guess we'll actually start promoting. It's tomorrow. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I was, yeah. if I was on YouTube and then someone told me the day before, it's like, oh, I guess I'll watch it. <laughs> there you go. I'm sure it'll work. But, uh, you know, I, we'll we'll start actually with UFC, though. We'll, we'll definitely get to Bellator because there were some happenings there, even though it was there was a little weirdness there, too. Um, more than a little weirdness. But... Yeah, starting with UFC. Uh, let's let's start with the the main event here because that was at least the the only fight really on the card that had like any impact on the greater yeah. mixed martial arts landscape here, uh, and that was Bilal Muhammad who got uh, a a clear decision victory over Vicente Luque. Not the most thrilling of bouts. It wasn't like a stinker, I don't think, but it really wasn't. As Dan coughs up a lung over there, uh, it, it it really wasn't the most enthralling fight let's face it was not a it was not a vicente luque fight wasn't a luque fight because bilal muhammad wouldn't let him have a luque fight he he made it into a malal muhammad fight yeah exactly i mean uh luque tried to slow him down with the outside kicks just i don't think he threw enough of them really Mm -hmm. to get to that point but yeah yeah, and he locked up four out of five rounds uh pretty clearly i think to most people there is one round we're going to talk about uh later so that's at least a little debatable but uh for now Let's just think big picture here. What What's next for him? Now he's Bilal Muhammad. He's got a signature win here against Vicente Luque. There's not really someone who's in his way to being able to get a title. Not not saying next, but like there's not like that fighter who like, well, he's got a win over him recently, so it's going to be tough to kind of get past him. What's next for him? The two guys he called out, either Covington or, or Hamza. Yeah. He wants five rounds with those guys, though. He doesn't want a three-rounder, so definitely... Wants five rounds. I think he should get it. Those are the two that make sense to me. Uh, triple threat would be better. I'm sure Hamzat's down for that. I will say, short of those two, and I'm not necessarily saying no to them, although I do kind of think that Hamzat against Colby makes more sense. Just because, I mean, we were Well, already, that's fine too. I'm good with that as yeah, well. Yeah, we were already thinking that from yeah. last week. I don't necessarily see a reason to move away from that. If it happens, it happens. And I think it's justifiable that you, you put Muhammad against either one of them. But. I would think it actually makes just a little bit more sense unless they're trying to get Muhammad back in the cage more quickly to have him go against, let's say, if, let's say that Leon Edwards doesn't beat Kamara Usman Mm -hmm. over the summer. Let's say that fight happens, it goes Usman's way, as I think a lot of people would project. I think him versus Leon Edwards makes a lot of sense because of the weird way that first fight ended last year, of course. So you can easily run that back. And it's a big fight. If he gets a win over, you know, the guy who just fought for the title, that really puts him in that very much short list, you know? Yeah, I, I, I like that as well. But the thing is, I think Bilal wants to fight in July. No, I, I don't disagree. But... He's my uh, my type of fighter. Get yeah. in there and keep fighting. Of course. But uh, will the UFC want him to do that? That's always the question. It shouldn't be up to them. Uh, <laughs> it shouldn't be up to them. But you know what? They're the ones who pay everything. And, yeah, I guess and, so. uh, Yeah, it but, kind of is. But I guess the, the point he's making, I guess Covington could be a bit of a uh, you know cherry picker, I guess. Yeah. So he may not want to fight Hamza. He'll say, yeah, I'll fight Bilal. Well, remember, or, he, was, he actually, I mean, he won a fight last month, but he also lost a fight last month. Don't forget about that. Yeah, it wasn't even to, a he fight. He went to though. a restaurant and he lost a fight. More of a sucker punch. What I'm saying is maybe yeah. he sustained some damage. It's probably, he has got a broken tooth. Got a broken tooth. He, he may not be available to fight. So. Yeah, I can see that being like a an injury that sidelines you for half a year or more. Yeah, I would think, especially for the lawsuit. Probably, you, you gotta you gotta hand those things yeah. up. So he's gonna come in with a neck brace like Vince McMahon. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing, Masvidal attacks him with a bedpan. 
Oh, that would be great. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, What about Luke Gay, though? Obviously, I mean, how much does this, like, set him back? Do you think he's, like, way far back now? Or I think it's minor. I think he's a great fighter. What is he coming off? Ten ten and one? It was just an amazing stretch. Yeah, it was something along those lines. Just minor setback, I think. So who do you want him to fight then? I mean, if if you have any, uh, if you had your druthers, I thought they made a good, good thing. Because uh, who who needs that big win or needs a big you know jump up in competition? Name's escaping me. Dan uh, Urban. No, I always fight up. So oh, that would that would make sense for That's me. What then. I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, it was uh, whose who name is him? Uh, Sean Brady. They're saying Sean Brady versus Luke to get that Sean Sean Brady to jump up in competition. Sure, sure. So I like that fight. All right. Uh, you know what? I don't necessarily have like a, a good name off the top of my head otherwise, so uh, I'll, I'll roll with that too, for sure. Yeah, I think he did like that one himself as well, Sean mm-hmm. Brady. Right. So Yeah, it'll be a fun fight. I think it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of ha- handle, again, another kind of someone who's probably going to want to take it to the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, can he, can he deal with that? And a guy who's actually going to try to kill you once you're on the ground. Yes. Not someone who's just kind of content being there and holding you there. So, definitely so, more killer instinct, though, yeah. that's for sure. Um. That that's all well and good. Everything with the, with the main event and everything. There was, was, you know, like I said, not the greatest fight, but it was fine. What was weird though, before we get to the Bellator weirdness, there was definitely a ton of weirdness in the UFC in the sense that Dan breaks his jaw and then reattaches it. What what, what were you just doing there? I had to crack my jaw. Oh, okay. A little little jaw adjustment. A little bit like a snake. I saw that you kind of like took your mm. jaw off, you put it on the floor, and you dusted it off, and you put yeah. it back. That was interesting. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I'm a little thrown here, guys, but but no, <laughs> but back to this. Uh, we had two technical decisions, sir. Last time we had that was UFC 159 in Jersey. Mm-hmm. I was there. Me too. Very strange evening. This was another strange evening. And what's more, it was two technical decisions with three fights having points deducted. One of them was the technical decision one did not have a point deducted. And let's start with that one, Dan, actually, because that I thought that was probably the weirdest of these four. Because first off, I am very happy that points were deducted so frequently here because I think it's totally warranted. First off, they were they were blatant fouls. Uh, it's a lot easier to do that when it's an, an illegal knee mm-hmm. than to say like an eye poke, although we have one of those. We'll get to that. Uh, Martin Boudet at heavyweight, he was clearly winning against uh, Huggy Bear Chris Barnett. It, it, you started out hoping it was a Huggy Bear fight, and then it, in round two, I, I said it, it turned into a, a heavyweight MMA fight, and it wasn't that good. But he put on a good performance, Boudet, until he lands uh, that illegal elbow, right? The legal... Yeah. It was like a downward elbow, but the, I think the point was, was more it, that he yeah. landed, it, landed it to the back of the head. Yeah, it wasn't 12 to 6. Yeah. Um, That's where it became illegal. The target was... was the target was illegal, illegal. Not, the, not the actual strike or, or method with which the throne was strike, right? Uh, the strike was thrown. So Dan Mergliata stops it. He's the referee here. And we have the doctor examined. The doctor says fight's not going to continue, right? Kroggy Bear's... He's arguing. He's per- he's trying to persuasive. It's it's out of his hands. Doctor stops it. Right. He kind of um, seems like he came to after he told the fight was over. Yeah. He jumped up. What? Well, he didn't want to lose. I can I, understand that. I get you know, it. He, in, in his mind, he's thinking he's and, that, you know right call. Whatever. I, I have no problem with the doctor stoppage here. Mm-hmm. The weird thing though is that and again, this goes to a technical decision here, unless it's a disqualification because two full rounds have passed and one second or more of the third round has passed by in a three round fight. If it's a five-round fight, you need three full rounds plus one second at least, so mm-hmm. to get to the technical decision. So we're at the, we're in tech decisions uh, territory here, of course, and I think that's fine to go to the technical decision because you can kind. Of, at, my understanding is you can 
In this scenario, you can do a DQ or you can go to the tech decision. He went tech decision here, Dan Mergliata, but he didn't take a point. Yeah, that's a strange part of the, it. Yeah, I, I think it is on the referee's discretion to do that or not, it seems like, but I, I don't... Why are you going to stop a fight for a, a, a strike that you knew wasn't supposed to be thrown, but you're also not going to punish him for throwing it other than stop the fight? It was just weird. Like, if, if you don't want to take two points, okay. I mean, that's that's your discretion too. But, like, one point is perfectly reasonable to take away here. I mean, there's heavy damage to it. There is. It's, so, it's fight-ending damage. It, it, it is. It's a fight-ending thing. I mean, it's kind of weird because they're in a position where Barnett's still trying to move around, and maybe the target was open when he threw it, and then it, it changed when he moves. Who knows? I mean, I, but the thing it's is- still damage that ends the fight. Right. Yeah. He cracked him in the back of the head. Uh, but then it gets weird because we already know he's compromised in his, in his midsection. His ribs or something's hurt. Mm. He's been dropped because of the body shot earlier in the round. Probably could have stopped it then. Uh, that's here nor there. Uh, but then, you know, he gets hit with the head and he's on the ground. He's holding his head and he's going through the hole. You know, ow, that hurt type deal. Doctor stops it. He jumps up. He's like, oh, no, don't, no, don't stop it. Whatever. Mm. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then <laughs> Big Dan's telling him, don't worry. We're going to the judge's scorecards. Oh, that's going to work out for it. his favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really I wouldn't have had an issue if they did DQ him based on what the rules are written. I I have suggestions of how I how I would like this process to go. Uh, if they ever just your ever, preference, my preference it. of however they would change the rules, or if okay. they ever do decide to change rules, what I my suggestions would be. We get okay. into that so, a little so bit this later. Is, this is okay. You're getting to it later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I think, like you said, you got to take a point. I think the, so. the point, the one single point, I think, is just fair to take mm-hmm. in this scenario. Like, look, we all watched that fight. I'm pretty sure Dan, big Dan, Dan probably knew what was going on yeah. in that fight. You know, you're you're sitting there, and your job is to assess what's going on, uh, and and figure out, you know, keep the fighters safe and all that kind of thing, and officiate. But he knows what's happening. We all know what's happening. This is this is an easy fight for Boudet's winning. It was all 30-27s on the cards anyway. And it wouldn't have mattered if a point was taken, realistically, but just just for the sake of going through the process correctly, it's not, again, correctly is not necessarily wrong here. This isn't the wrong thing to do, but why not just take the point? It's an illegal mm-hmm. strike that ended the fight. D- yeah. That's damage. Like, it's not going to punish him in the sense that it's going to take the fight away. Just go through the process of being, I don't know, I guess putting precedence there. And I'm not happy. I, I just, I don't really like the, the way that that was mm-hmm. handled. Right. But again, he, he it's it is up to the referee's discretion. I think part of the problem is just the fact that there is so too much leeway in a scenario like that. I feel like something like this can be a, a little bit more spelled out. Well, see, I, you know, okay. it should be it should be absolutely explicit. Like if a fight ends and you have to go to a technical decision, you have to take X points. It should just, mm-hmm. it should be out of the hands at that point. Right. Yeah, that you makes know? sense. Like I said, the I fight ha- continues I have, different story. I have I have a whole more in-depth thing. Oh, you've got a big thing. So okay. I'd rather I'd rather get into that like at that point. All right, so that's fine. Kinda... All right, so yeah, one, one real quick. I don't think we have to go in depth on the other fouls. We can just kind of mention them. You know, in uh in the co-main event, uh, Kyle Baraglio, uh got the win, of course, over uh, Gazi Omar Gaziev. Uh, that also went to a tick decision, and there was a point taken for an illegal knee. And this was also Dan Mergliata. This was weird, too, though, because Dan tells him, you know that's illegal. You can't throw that. Right. And then they announce that it's accidental illegal strike. <laughs> right, so that's weird. Yeah. But like, this is where you want it done. He did the right thing there, taking, I think, the point. But 
Why can't you do it in the other one too? Yeah. Did did he know. did he like? I mean, is this sort of like not not a makeup call because it doesn't make up the call, but is it kind of like a hey, you know, maybe I talked it over with some officials off mm. to the side. Could I'm just be. speculating. I don't know this, yeah. um, but you know, and look, if that's what happened, I'm okay with it. I don't. It doesn't necessarily be officiate the same way every single fight in the night. Like if you set the bar, you gotta keep it there. I don't. I don't feel that that way is the, the right way to do it because then you're just telling everybody it's it's open season and the rest of the fights if that's how you do it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that. So I, I appreciate if the adjustment was made for this one because of what happened in the first one. That's fine. That's fine. Just yeah, I, yeah. I hope it carries over. Yeah. I want more of I, this. I got it, yeah. Um, and then the other two, there was uh, Estella Nunez. She got taken a point in round three against Sam Hughes in a fight she was not really... It was still kind of up for grabs, at least, in, in round three. And she gets a point loss for the eye poke. Second, second infraction, so, yeah. Yeah. Good on Mark Smith. Fine. You want, you want to warn him? Fine. At least the second one definitely took it. I don't, I don't really love... I want eye pokes to be punished every single time i, I really want the first one to be it that's that's it, how I it is funny it. that the foul is the the, the just the, the foul forward. is the fingers out yeah they changed so, it a few years ago because they yeah. wanted to prevent eye pokes and it pretty much didn't seem to do a no. damn thing but <laughs> it is what it is the effort is i guess there yeah i don't know i credit for trying <laughs> so mark smith takes the point there and then in uh rafa garcia's uh rafa garcia rafa garcia rafa, i believe yeah. rafa garcia uh he lost a point in round two for also an illegal knee, uh, ends up coming back and choking out Jesse Ronson, of course. Uh, so it didn't really matter. Yep. But, yep, credit was due. Mark Smith took the mm-hmm. point there. I appreciate that. It was nice to see all these fouls being punished. It was not nice to see all these fouls taking place. Uh, but, you know, I had a, a kind of a devil's advocate conversation today with an official who was talk- walking me through some of the stuff, uh, especially as it pertained to the Boudet fight, right? Mm-hmm. So I had the thought, and I, I said, okay, let's say... A fighter like Martin Martin Boudet. Let's say the fight plays out like like the Martin Boudet versus uh, Chris Barnett fight. Doesn't have to be those people, but let's say you know you're winning two rounds, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. you don't see the scores, but you know you can mm-hmm. tell what's mm-hmm. happening in the fight. You get off to a good start in the third round. Okay, Was I it? feel like I've I've at okay. least you know done enough damage here that I can reasonably get this round. And then maybe you throw a strike that like it's kind of intentional, but it's also not looking like so debilitatingly like. Uh, blatantly obvious that you know it's you're not just like throwing like a like a a kick to the nuts or something yeah, right yeah you know you're, you're throwing a strike that could maybe blend in a little bit because it might end the fight and then you don't have to worry about the hail mary knockout that could happen the next three ish minutes or mm-hmm. something right yeah i mean that can happen <laughs> right it, 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 i guess it could it can happen uh kind of it's terrible i mean it's totally unethical and horrible and, yeah. and bad sportsmanship but like you know it's this face punching in the, the day I, and people just kind of want to get a win i can understand how certain people would make that decision right i could see it. it's a little bit of a, a little cheat in the in the way that can work and but you know what i what we also pointed out in this conversation this official and i and i also came to the realization like shortly before they mentioned it is this is one of the this scenario that I just outlined is one of the biggest arguments you can make against open scoring because if Sean Sheehan did point that out, he did. Okay, yeah. all right, I I missed that, but it it was a reply to someone. He was he was was this you know, just the other day? <laughs> this was during this event. Oh goodness, he yeah. he mentioned it. He I guess because we all know he's very against it. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, he he's like yeah perfect reason why we should not have this you know what he's right Uh, you know i I have to give credit where it's due to sean if if he's listening or if any of his uh his people at severe listening you know what credit to you sean you came up with that too Mm -hmm. um 
that is that is absolutely a, like a direct reason why you could say to me we shouldn't have open scoring because this scenario mm-hmm. could happen and i'll yeah. say you know what all right i get it yeah that's yeah. that's a reason i'm not saying that that's the reason that would say no we can't do it i think you can try to come up with alternative penalties that kind of undermine that kind of situation maybe you make right. it more severe in a fight not not a pun off a of severe mma uh <laughs> more severe punishment maybe in the final round or something like that, let's say to a fighter who, you know, if they're on the cards and they're winning like that, like maybe they can't win. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm spitballing. I don't necessarily say that that's the solution. And I'm kind of coming up with these on the fly. So mm-hmm. take that for what it's worth. But I think it's worth trying to, you know, think through other solutions. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But it is, it's definitely an interesting kind of can of worms, right? It is. Yeah. All right. Enough UFC, though. Let's get to the weirdness in Bellator. Well, not the weirdness first. We'll start with the the main event fight, which was not weird. It was just, uh, it didn't go the way I think a lot of people predicted, right? We got Pitbull getting the belt back from AJ McKee. I forget what I even picked. I probably picked McKee decision, I think. I I don't remember what I picked. I don't know. I'm terrible with remembering fight picks anyway. I, I don't get attached to my picks. You know this. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pitbull. I mean, he went out there. He he put it on AJ McKee. It wasn't it wasn't like a total beatdown by any stretch. But, no, it, was very, but was, it was a very entertaining fight. Yeah, it was a solid fight. So. Solid fight. Um, they had moments where it was a little pauses. The crowd got a little restless. Um, uh, probably too yeah, soon. I recognize that. I I heard a little bit, especially okay. in round four. Okay. Um, which is one of the rounds we're going to talk about from this fight. But, mm-hmm. uh, the real thing here that I'm curious about is uh, when do you really think that Patricio Pitbull is actually going to start falling off? He has been fighting. I feel like not not quite at the highest level, but like at near the highest level for like whatever Bellator's had over the last twelve years, like for that long, twelve years. It's amazing. If he if he stays in Bellator, he probably won't for quite a while. I don't know about that. I wouldn't say I that because they have talent. If they have one forty five, he just beat AJ McKee, who realistically I think a lot of people thought was somewhere in the top five ish in the UFC, if not much higher. Yeah, it's a I good mean, win. It is a very good win. That's what I'm saying. But if mm-hmm. he stays in Bellator. It would be harder to fall off. I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. But there are other fighters out there who I can get. Obviously, we saw AJ McKee got him, you know? Yeah. Got him last year. I just, I, I'm really impressed because even even in Bellator, if you want to you want to denigrate Bellator, that's fine. That's that's. But he's not even that old, though, so. He's not that old, but he's got a lot of miles on him, a lot, of, a lot of fight miles. But a lot of fight miles, man. Has he ever really been knocked out or rocked too badly? Uh, Off to, like Mike Chandler style? I mean, they're basically. He did just, that to Mike Chandler. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Mike Chandler's probably they're the same age, but he's probably got more. He, he more definitely he was him. definitely in a lot more brawls. Pitbull had some fights, at least that even if he was on the losing end, he didn't necessarily get like beat to heck mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. So yeah, it, it's still a lot of time on there though. <laughs> yeah, you know, training that hard for as long as you do and like, taking on that many fights, it, it, it can take out of you. I'm sure. Oh, oh no, it definitely has. What do you think he's, he's do you think he's taking it easy in training sessions? Totally. He's just sitting down in between <laughs> rounds, taking rounds off. That doesn't sound like Pitbull to me. <laughs> um but I mean for my money, he's he's really one of the most impressive fighters over the last twelve years, uh, realistically, just because he's been able to do it for so long. Um I, I, I kudos to him. He gets he should he deserves his flowers, as far as I'm concerned. All right. Uh, but AJ McKee, you know, why the heck does he take this fight? What the heck was the 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 reason to take this fight? Like, I had kind of that thought coming into this. Well, like, yeah. what do you have to gain other than just knock fights off your contract? And That's get the, pretty get much the free agency. Why, who would he fight then, though? Oh, there's a lot of people who could fight. I mean, he wanted to fight at 155 pounds. He was interested oh. in getting that other belt. He wanted the other belt from okay. Pitbull. I got it. And yeah. when I spoke to him last week, he was saying he was treating this like a 155 pound title fight. 
because he's still considered Patricio Pitbull to be that division's champion. Now, like, they're okay. both cutting weight, so it's not the same, but uh, he didn't really consider Patricio Pitbull to be the champion because, as he keeps saying, you have to, to be the champ, you have to beat the champ, and Patricio did not beat the champ. His brother gave up the belt and he ended up winning it mm. from the other challenger in the vacant title fight. Um, either way, I mean, shoot. <laughs> what what are you doing here? You already proved what you could. If you wanted to take that fight later, I just I, the immediate fight I think here was the one that was a little more curious. I'll give him credit where it's due. I mean, he did what Conor McGregor wouldn't do, which was face the guy that he beat in a rematch. But who else at one forty five in Bellator would have been would have been there for him to fight? Uh for his first defense. For his first defense, Jesus, I can I honestly couldn't tell. Plus, you. but also Pitbull, you don't think he deserved that immediate rematch? Look, like I said, I have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for his career, but also it's not like he was the champion for like five, six years running. Like he's he's lost the belt a few times. Mm-hmm. Like this is I think this is his third title run. Okay, you know it's not he's not like a he's not been a dominant champion. He's just been always at or near the top. You you never knocked him yeah. down from like one or two, which is impressive in and of itself. Most most fighters like no. they lose their belt, they almost never get back to it again. And I got a question about this. Yeah. Is he on a champion's clause, McKee? Yeah, his he told me his his uh, champion's clause activated when he won the belt last time. So okay. that was going to be the last fight in his contract, the the end of the Grand Prix. So what that meant was it added three fights to his contract. Now now when now that he does no longer the champion, does he still have to do those three fights or two more fights now? He has two more fights to go uh, at the very least. See why he, there, you... there seemed to be some discrepancy. Actually, about that, because I think they asked Scott Coker and Scott Coker's like, I'm not actually sure. And I'm like, well, you're either stupid or you're playing coy. Which See, one is it? If I'm a key, I don't want a title fight then. Because does that reset me back to three now as the champion's clause if I do win it? Yeah, That's I don't know. Weird. It, it's it is definitely a lot of areas that I feel like he and his uh, his management will have to uh, sort through. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't really know where they stand. I'm sure they'll take the time and do that, do their due diligence and figure out the fastest way to get where they want while also still being impressive. Because also, look, he, he lose here. Like he lost the O that lost a little bit of shine. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure he yeah. still thinks he's the winner. I mean, you saw his face afterward. He was stunned. That yeah, he lost. You, yes, but that also lost. happens when yeah. your dad tells you you won all the, the rounds. Yeah, you're up four nothing. It's, OK, I was not. That was not <laughs> the greatest advice uh, from from pops there. But. It, yeah, I, I I don't I don't really I we saw we heard that earlier uh, actually in the Luke fight right there was in, going back to the Luke fight uh, he goes into the corner after round four and he says uh, am I down three one and uh, his corner says no nah, it's two two and I'm like no don't tell your fighter yeah, that don't, tell him that. don't tell him that he could just try to win the round and get the fight that's not what we were watching Luke even thought he was not in this at that rate you know dude yeah he, tell him he's got to finish my. If I was a corner, I'd be like, you got to finish. Yeah. Every, I don't care if you're up 50 to 40. You got to finish. Goes out there, lays the bricks on him. He's like, honestly, I think that was a 10-7 the other way, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're you're in a deep hole. You got to go crazy. Yeah. I mean, all right. There's obviously, there's <laughs> measures to it. I'm kidding. But um, yeah, I, I I hated the cornering that we saw in the title fight in the uh, main mm-hmm. events this weekend. That was yeah. that was some pretty terrible advice that was coming. Um, and that was unfortunate for AJ McKee. I don't think that's what necessarily lost in the fight because he actually ended up winning the final round mm-hmm. unanimously. That was the only mm-hmm. round he actually won on all three cards. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that's what worked. <laughs> you know, he knew he Could was be. up. He's like, yeah, now I'm going to go out and take that final round, cement it. It didn't go that way, of course. But, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, we could obviously talk a bunch about this, but we've got a bunch of topics for this show, so we don't want to go crazy here. Um, 
let's let's go to the <laughs> the crappy end to the light or not end but the crappy continuance of the light heavyweight grand prix final ends up being a no contest because of an accidental clash of heads between Corey anderson uh who kind of i guess you could say he probably uh, facilitated the clash of heads it was not a headbutt well he, he was throwing he was throwing an elbow and his head comes down, and yeah. uh his head comes down with it as nemkov is avoiding the elbow sure sure and Right direct path of the head. So. Clash of heads, not a head, but there's there's a distinction yes. between the two. Um, but it ends the fight in the third round. It was like how many seconds short of, of... seven or eight or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> all they needed to do was get out of the round, and if it happened the next round, it would he would probably won. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, that's what I want. I wanted to point that out. Yeah, yeah what do you got? Uh, people are saying maybe you know the ref he could have waited till the round ends because it was no. so close to the end. Uh, but the fact is, round four still has to start, it and there's have to start. no way round four was starting with that cut. No. Uh, good on Frank Trigg. The clock shouldn't really weigh in in, in a referee's decision ever, and I'm glad it didn't. So. And there's a former fighter that, that actually did a good job refereeing there. Everybody's always calling for former fighters to do this. Mm-hmm. Here's here's one who's doing a good job. And and this is a PSA for any uh, current or former fighters who are interested in becoming an official. Look, no one's stopping you from doing it. There's no one who's saying you can't do this. Go pay your dues. Do do it the right way, just like Frank did, just like uh, Chris Lieben is doing. Go out there and get the experience in. Just know you're not going to make a whole lot of money, and you're going to, you know, you're probably every time you make a mistake, everyone's going to say, well, you're terrible at your job. Mm-hmm. So have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is unfortunate that this happened. Obviously, it's like none of these Grand Prix ever seem to go right. <laughs> No, no, I'm still kind of shocked that it's taken a year to complete. Oh. Um, well, now it'll be even longer. But I, really, I think, to be honest, I think... It was handled perfectly, though. It oh, yeah, was. yeah. I, I don't think the Grand Prix it. as a whole was ruined, really. No, I, I but... I thought it's... Corey Anderson's Grand Prix was ruined, because I thought he looked great. And he certainly and thought he won a million dollars. Nemkov did not look like the guy who we consider possibly the best 205-er. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't look like him. Absolutely. Uh, that doesn't mean he couldn't. But... I mean, it could just be an off night. Could be, but yeah, he didn't uh, look all that great. But he I, won the first round, but, but I then thought he didn't. Yeah. Corey Anderson's wrestling and striking were, were pretty on point, yeah. and uh, he was taking over at that point. So and realistically, bad for him. I I would have to think that, and you know, we don't know, but I have to think that if this fight continued on, let's say that this class of just doesn't happen, fight keeps going. I imagine Anderson's winning somehow. Yeah, I, I, he was taking over at that, that point. Either either like he that. finds a finish later, he's going to get the points mm-hmm. uh, and get the decision and get the win. So it is. It's really unfortunate for for a beast in twenty five eight. Yeah, he's going to have to uh, beast twenty six nine now. <laughs> I guess <laughs> it's overtime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's it for that. We we did have actually, and this is the first. I think it's the first time on our show. Sir. Yes, I was. I was excited about this. I'm very excited about this. We actually got some social media submitted questions. Uh, to the Couchside Judges Twitter account. This was exciting. Uh, from from a uh, from an account at Gio Janeiro, spelled like Rio de Janeiro. Uh, the que- there are three questions that were asked of us. Right, I'll I'll just kind of hit them really quick. Uh, what can or should be done? Can slash should be done if anything about third, fourth, fifth round fouls that end a fight. I think we pretty much covered that, right? More or less. Yeah, this is where I want to get more. Yeah, we can get more. Yeah. I'll just outline the other two questions. Uh, there were, uh, are we sure that Pat Sabatini won the first round? Uh, how does uh, he get a 10-8 in the second round, but Aljo doesn't in the second round of his fight? And then the last one was, how does Myra Bueno Silva and Myra Bueno Silva really won the second and third rounds. 
Those scorecards were all over the place. This is, this is paraphrasing quotes and stuff like that. So we will get to Myra Bueno Silva's fight in contested rounds. Uh, we'll talk about Sabatini in just a little bit. Let's start with the the first question to go. We have the, uh, you know, if fouls uh, happen in rounds three, four, five to end a fight. Dan, take the floor. You've got some thoughts. Yeah, here. so I went over this for a while, revised it a bunch of times. So okay. this may not even be the final revision. Is this like a manifesto here? No, I don't think so. Okay, but I believe if a fighter is fouled to the head, an illegal strike, elbow to the back of the head, a punch to the back of the head, knee to a downed opponent, and that fighter can't continue, and it's late in the fight where they could go to the scorecards. If a fighter who committed the foul is losing on the scorecards, it's a DQ. If the fighter who commits the foul is winning on the scorecards, make it a no contest. I think this uh, should only apply to illegal head strikes when a guy or girl is no longer able to fight. I think this would avoid fighters from milking it and it would be pretty severe for the fighter as a win now becomes a no contest and a loss is still a loss except by DQ this this point. Okay. Things like eye pokes where the fighter is stretching their hands like pulling at their opponent's face, I think could fall into the same same punishment as an illegal head strike. Okay. But eye pokes where, you know, it's in a scramble or, or in a grappling exchange, I think you handle that treat those as those are the true accidental eye pokes and if you can't continue after that then you would go to the technical decision as long as enough fight has happened but what if there's a just to interject here what if there's an opponent who you know let's say they kind of rake the face during a grappling situation you know that can happen too it can happen but it, they're just pulling like, that's what happens in a scramble it, yeah, it, but that's you know, kind of there's there are ways that people can get around maybe, that too. That you know, would okay. Well, you I, would maybe, have to, maybe some gray area there. You would have to leave a little discretion to the okay. referee at that point to to determine that. Maybe sure. go to replay or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, what it, accidental needs to be defined because there's not a single strike that a fighter's throwing on accident. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, all these are intentional. Whether whether it was intended to be illegal or not is really that's just right. what's up for debate here. And it's honestly you can't really you can't really assess intent. Is the real problem here, you know? But but when that's there's the hard always thing about when it. there's a guy that's on the ground, do you intend and you knee him in the head? You intended to knee him in the head. Sure, exactly. I mean, that's a hundred percent not accidental, and, and I shouldn't be shouldn't be treated as such. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's another point where you know we need to change this rule of downed opponents. Just if you got two feet on the ground and no knees down, you should be considered standing because you are standing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, obviously, you know that the whole grounded opponent thing is is obviously right. it's fractured the. Um, yes, former a... un- unified rules of mixed martial arts. So that that's a whole different can of worms, of course. I, I think groin strikes should be um, also given that referee discretion because a lot of times the cups that they wear are just so big that they're like you hit a, someone in inside leg kick with the thigh and it just rides up a little bit and glances the cup. And as you know, that's all it needs to to really not be so pleasant uh, of a situation. So. I would leave some discretion for that for the referee. I've never been damaged strikes. to that area. I have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This, this has happened before. Yeah, those. That that's pretty much the basic gist of of my uh, of how I think they could go forward. All right. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, I think I interjected my my main okay. thoughts that kind of came out of that. But it's it's an interesting thought here. Uh, you know, I I think that there's probably because. I say this a lot. I, I think this is a young sport, and I think there's plenty of room for it to grow. Mm-hmm. I think complacency is is a very big enemy to MMA rules and officiating and that kind of thing right now. I think we can't just sit here and say, yep, we figured it out. We're all good. There's way too much that this is a complex oh, yeah. sport. It's basically been built on the fly, so to speak. So I, I think 
anyone who's going to sit there and just say we can't we can leave well enough alone i don't think we're doing justice to this sport that i think mm-hmm. everybody really does care about so mm-hmm. i i hope that at the very least we give consideration to all these things look if if, if there's nothing that needs to change then there's nothing that needs to change but you got to give everything it's due um hopefully the powers that be the people involved in making those decisions hopefully they're giving that its consideration you know yeah i know there are certain people who are definitely in favor of you know not just sticking with the status quo and i appreciate those people i think we need those people you definitely need people on the other side too you can't just change everything but i i hope we i hope we are willing to make this let the sport grow and and allow it to grow on its own too yeah yeah that's that's kind of the gist of my reaction to that right. uh the the second question let's get to again we're, we're gonna get to the contested rounds soon i think this is the last one before we can get the contested rounds mm-hmm. and answer the uh, the third question later but pat sabatini Right, so this was a thirty twenty six unanimous scorecard. No one, no one had different scores among the judges. Um, you looked at the media scores, and pretty much everybody also had thirty twenty sixes. There were a couple thirty twenty sevens in there, but you know that wasn't really the majority of people watching that round and submitting media scores to MMA decisions were thinking that. I think everyone more or less thought that uh, the officials did a good job assessing these rounds here mm-hmm. but on merit you know let, let's just examine it for for Gio Gennaro it's an, it's an earnest question I think we can kind of go through it starting with round one are we sure Sabatini won the round well short answer yes we're sure because it was all three cards gave him the round but long answer let's examine it ourselves what did I mean we don't have to do the full treatment of you know explain what happened in the round but what did, why did you give him I, the round I think he definitely wins the round you have to look at the effective offense and the most effective offense comes from Sabatini if you if you go through this round there's a lot of not effective offense in it so you got to find what's actually effective the heavier strikes on the feet came from Sabatini including that one kick to the body that big kick to the body was a huge difference maker Laramie was hurt sure Laramie got takedowns but he never passed guard he didn't land strikes from there and he didn't do anything effective from there so there's nothing to score really there uh in order for a takedown to mean something you have to do something effective with it really yeah so otherwise it's a basically worthless I mean, unless it's, it's high it's impact not worth, or it's something. not worthless it's it's very oh. it has little worth though i think even even officials would say at least the takedowns have like at least a little bit to them there is some grappling to them but yeah i mean if you're not doing anything off of it yeah it's not going to get graded very yeah, he's not, know, that's, that's he, what it comes down he to. does briefly get mount uh for about like three seconds because sabatini dove on a guillotine after he hurt him mm-hmm. um but a little wild there he uh he regained his guard quite quick, and really nothing happened from that point. So, when it comes down to it, and this is a question you hear from officials sometimes, uh, who would you rather be in this round? You know, this isn't how you assess who won the round, but it it, it can be some somewhat of an eye test that can kind of confirm what you already saw, right? And when I'm watching this round, that kick to the what was it, the liver that landed? Yeah, yeah, the liver kick there with the toes, right? That was that was a big deal. I mean that. That you weigh immediately impactful offense more heavily than cumulative anyway. That was a really immediately impactful strike. Yeah, I mean, he, he's hurt. He shut him down. The only reason it ended up on the ground after that to begin with be, was because of the scramble that came from him being hurt. He right. didn't choose to take it down there really in any meaningful way. So, no, I, I look at that as basically that alone won him the round more or less just because you can compare it to everything else that happened and say, well, what what did he do? What did uh, Laramie do? TJ Laramie do to be able to make an argument that he should have won this round? I just don't see enough there. And if it comes down to it, 
to get back to my my question of who would you rather be? I mean, shoot, do you think Pat Sabatini was feeling that bad about having these grappling exchanges or being held up against the fence? Or do you think maybe TJ Laramie did not enjoy getting kicked to the liver? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you simple question. You've been in, in rounds where there's a guy on top of you in your guard and, and no one does anything. Yeah. It's not so bad. I know I know somebody who's done that <laughs> a few so, times. It's not so bad. That's uh that, that's that's the Dan <laughs> Urban special. You do nothing to me and then all of a sudden I make a mistake and you paintbrush me. I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being being the bottom person for five minutes and nothing happens is, isn't so bad. So yeah, so I think uh, long story short, I, the, yes, we are sure that Pat Sabatini won this round. It's just it's just the nature of the way the the criteria is worded truly supports him winning that round, despite the fact that maybe his offense wasn't uh, dominant in time of the round. It was it was the dominant action of the round. Yes, absolutely. Uh, round two. How does he get a ten eight? But Aljo doesn't. Okay, well, again, short answer here. We have different officials. That's, that's you know, you got to start with that. We have different officials working this round compared to the ones who work the other. Well, Sal was on both fights, right? Sal D'Amato? I believe so, but also okay. there's two different people. So yeah. it just, it changes it. Yeah. For, that's, that's, you can't, you can't necessarily expect every single, then all judges are different. I'm not saying ones are better or worse than another, or in this case, better or worse than others. Um, It's just, that's the way it is. So that's that's the one thing. The main thing, though, and this comes down to the way 10-8s are essentially assessed right now by the officials, is that we had much heavier damage being done by Pat Sabatini in this round. He had almost identical control. He did not have the body triangle as long as Aljo did. He was not... He didn't have it at all. He got it briefly, didn't he? No. I could swear he did. Okay, Mm-mm. my mistake. Dom um, was yelling for it. Oh, that's what it was. It just yeah. did, he, didn't, he never got it. Freaking Dom. Uh, we'll leave that one alone but no in in this round I think it's the heavy damage that's being landed here and there's not return fire that's that's the other thing too there's absolutely nothing coming back and look the things that Peter Yan were doing last week when he's throwing those back punches and things like that like it's not doing anything but he's at least showing that he's kind of trying to put forth an effort and, and it makes him look a little more live I think in there and he's not taking that many blows, really. He's not taking as many big blows as we saw Sabatini land. There was there was that thirty second stretch, which I feel mm-hmm. I still feel like around like yeah like uh, Sterling Yan round two should be a ten eight. Now it's not being done that way right now, and I know why, but I feel like that's a problem with the criteria and the way it's now being well, uh, dictated by the powers that be that kind of sit above judges, right? Yeah. Um. I don't like that. I really think that we ought to be coming away from rounds like that saying, well, that's a different round. That's a 10-8. Um, but it's not the way it is. There's also a week that's passed by. We've spent a whole week talking about this. People people are still talking about this 10-8 round. We're, we're way past it. We're still talking about Sterling, Jan, round two being a 10-8 or not. It's really still coming yeah. up. So I, I have to think that that conversation is being had in officiating circles and that there maybe there is some school of thought hopefully coming at us i have no idea i'm just kind of hopeful i guess really that maybe they come away from a round like that and say look maybe this is the impetus to say we can at least push for rounds like that to be a little bit more uh, heavily assessed as a 10-8 you know yeah i i think i think you nailed it pretty much i think it's a rather simple explanation why alger doesn't get a 10-8 it's because the criteria reads if you get two d's you should consider a 10-8 whereas if you get three you should give a 10 8. You, I think you, you, you are, must give you, a 10 8. You right? must give it a 10 must? 8. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the word at the moment for some reason, but I, I'm pretty sure you, it, maybe it's not must, but essentially the, the, the thought is there that yes, you, yeah. you, you assess so, a 10 8. So Sabatini checks off all three. Yep. Easy. 
Much and, easier than Aljo. And then I, Aljo, now Aljo, maybe he had more dominance, supposedly, I guess. With, sure. With the way he had the, yeah, I would the so. back. But the damage is up for debate. Did he do enough damage? And that's, that's where it's the question. So exactly. that's the question. I think I think it comes with the you know the criteria is bias towards striking. If, if Aljo just struck the whole five minutes. If he spent more time punching? Yeah, yeah he absolutely. gets a 10-8. So. I mean, he's holding the back triangle, uh, the body triangle there. <laughs> if he starts unloading more punches there, maybe that's the lesson to for someone like him to come mm-hmm. away with is that, like, look, you can search for that finish, but if it's not there, you better stop punching. Yeah. That's how you're going to be able to play. I mean, but it's easier said than done. Peter Yan is a former champion who's one of the best fighters on the planet. So That's true, too. Let's get to contested rounds, Dan. We've, we've got a lot that we can uh, we can talk about here. We've got seven rounds. You know, we've already spent a good amount of time talking about non-contested round stuff which is fine but let's start with bellator sir again there was two rounds that were uh split among the judges uh in bellator this was in california by the way uh patricio pitbull of course he got two 48 47s and a 49 46 let's start with round three sir uh what happens in round three uh first two minutes of the round very low output i think pitbull lands like three good leg kicks mckee doesn't really do much maybe one leg kick and he throws that spinning attack that grazes the left side of Pitbull's body, really nothing there. Uh, then Pitbull lands this big right that wobbles McKee. McKee scrambles and gets one of the a, best strikes the whole fight. McKee scrambles, gets a takedown, and uh, lands a bit of ground and pound. A couple decent shots, done a little bit of you know short elbows. But when Pitbull gets up, uh, he locks in that guillotine and and jumps to it. And I, I thought it was a tight. We had a nice view of McKee's face. And he was he seemed to be struggling a bit. And he was doing it like he was defending it really well. Like you could tell yeah. what he was doing. He's putting his weight forward. He's trying to trying to get forward and, and, and do all that to take the pressure off. So he's doing the right defense and obviously it did let him get out, right? But it but yeah, I mean this is a good attack. I I thought this was a really solid attack. You know, McKee does escape, as you said, uh, but really after that he didn't land anything that strong. And I think this is a pit bull round, 10-9. I feel pretty good about it being a pit bull round. I, I guess I can see why uh, Derek Cleary, who was the out judge here, sided with McKee. But I, I do think that it's much easier to score it for pit bull than it is to score it for McKee, just in my you know assessment of it yeah, from, I mean, from not sitting cave side. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate a McKee score. Maybe he was close enough and he felt, oh, that, that chokes nothing really. Sure. Perhaps so. I mean, yeah. Big John thought the same thing, and he's cage side, so. Yeah, yeah, he did, absolutely. But also, he, he gave the first round to McKee, too, which none of the judges okay. did. And, and not to say he was absolutely wrong, and he's also doing another job while he's doing that job. Mm-hmm. So, you, you, you know, take it for yeah. what it's worth. Uh, his son, for the record, uh, was seeing the first three rounds for Pitbull, Ron McCarthy uh, and Mike Bell. Mike Bell is not uh, he, Ron, John, uh, John McCarthy's to son. Give, to Credit to John McCarthy. He said, "Listen, the judges may see it completely different than I do. Sure, so sure, absolutely. Just take it for for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. I think a lot of people and look, Joe Rogan's even said this before too. It's like you can't do two jobs at yeah. the same time. He forgets that he can't, and then he does it anyway. But <laughs> but he has said this before in more sober moments, right? Um, but yeah, we, we both saw this one for Pitbull, same as again Ron McCarthy and Mike Bell. Um, I think it's a good score to give at mm-hmm. that point." It, it puts, at least on the cards that we would say, is he's up three rounds to none on McKee. So uh, not winning all four rounds uh, through four rounds, <laughs> Mr. Mister Antonio McKee. Uh, let's move on to round four, though, because there this is, I think, a lot more interesting in terms of being able to go the other way. Yeah, and another slow start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pipples throwing leg kicks, but they, they just seem to be like he's just trying to touch them with these. They didn't have that much steam on them. Um, McKee starts finding his rhythm. He's hitting the target and splitting the guard of Pipple. Uh, good straight punches. 
body kicks. Pitbull finally lands some good strikes towards the final minute and a half around that area. But it, I, I don't think it was enough to win the round in my eyes. I think it was close. It was, it was very competitive. McKee's getting pressed back, but he is also landing solid strikes throughout throughout this entire round. Uh, I think it's close enough where I can kind of see either side getting it, but I sided with McKee. I thought he had the stronger punches, so. I saw it for McKee too. I, you know, I, I think again, you can, you can kind of go the other way with this. That's fine. It was, it was definitely. A, I think it was a closer round than round three. I feel oh, I think that. so. Yeah, I, think, I, I, I think... feel pretty good about that one. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that uh, Derek Cleary and Mike Bell saw this one for Pitbull as the majority judges, that's fine. But yeah, I mean, we sided with Ron McCarthy here. Um, this, is, I think, it's a better score to give, just from my view. And again, close round, so no mm-hmm. problem with it. No problem with it going split. Uh, but we did end up siding with. Uh, the lone judge here. So, I mean, I always forget. What is this called? Couchside over. <laughs> I did not get, I don't have any of your scores, so I, I can't even, can't even uh, see where you're at yet. What are you talking about? I haven't seen any of your scores yet. So I'm getting them on the fly, on the live. Oh, you look. Oh, yeah. oh, I see. I was going to say, I put them on our, our little yeah. outline here, sir. Um, <laughs> so that's on you. That was it for Bellator, though. We, there were a couple other split rounds that, that happened in the earlier portions of the card. There was one round I was not able to uh, track down. Bellator did not share it. Come on, Bellator. Get on it. Um, I'll have to track that down, hopefully, from the commission. But uh, we can leave those alone. Let's go over to UFC. We got five rounds from the UFC. So let's uh, let's dive in with the one that uh, Gio Gennaro was asking about, Myra Bueno uh, Silva, who got the win over Wu Yanan. 29-28 on two cards, 30-27 on another, but there's actually two split rounds here. It wasn't just one round that two saw for the losing fighter. It was two rounds that are split, but the winning fighter got both of them. So start with round two, sir. Yeah. What is happening? So hopefully this answers George's question from Twitter. This yeah. Is, this uh, is the fight he's asking This about, is the one. So. I think we're going to be answering it. Uh, on the feet, I think Wu is hitting a lot of glove and a lot of air. Uh, while Silva is landing some strong strikes, not throwing as much, perhaps, uh, but definitely landing strong strikes. She lands a nice head kick early on, then throws another, gets taken down off of it, and quickly locks in a triangle. I think this is a nice triangle, and good on Wu to prevent Silva from really getting to the angle to finish it, and she's able to escape. Good defense, yep. Which doesn't score. Which does not nice. score, no, but it was it was nice to not C- get choked kept, out by kept, her. Kept her from so. not losing, so there's always that. <laughs> Uh, then when Wu's on top, she's really not doing much, and then she gets herself caught in a Kimura. But fortunate for her, she's she's in half guard, and also fortunate for her, she has Gumby shoulders. This, yeah, she does, because she's just kind of fighting on with, with her arm behind her back for uh, quite a while. Arm's like almost touching the back of her head. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if she could scratch it. I thought this was a... <laughs> she probably could. <laughs> uh, very good attack, you know, but she does escape, and then Silva comes up to the single. Wu lands some of those elbows that were, you know, the... the uh, What's his name? Travis. Uh, Travis Brown. Travis Brown elbows, but uh, it seems like they're kind of just. I believe you know... it's Mr. Rousey. Oh, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> so he's throwing some. She's throwing some of those elbows, uh, but I think Silva's head's kind of out of the way, and it's kind of just grazing off her shoulder for the most part. Nothing really too strong there. I think it's it's a silver round. It's competitive, but I really don't feel that good about Yanan getting it. I thought this was a close but clear round for Bueno Silva. Yeah, I I, I actually thought this was. Not rel- not like super clear. Again, it's close, but it's competitive. I felt pretty good about this one being a, a bueno silver right, round. I yeah. just I I've seen worse round scores turned in and split rounds turned in, but I I think this is pretty textbook for what you, you kind of want it to be, at least as far as kind of you know submissions being effective, right? Mm-hmm. It's not 
it's not like somebody almost broke their arm, but like you said, there's, there's kind of a Gumby shoulders thing here going on. Is it, it's, how yeah. does that how does that not score heavy? You know? Yeah, I, I saw someone refer to it as as two empty sub attempts. Like empty. What's, empty. What was empty about them? Honestly, she was just holding on and realistically should have been trying to advance position. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I, I felt really good about giving this one uh, to Bueno Silva, just like Mike Bell and Junichiro Camillo did. Uh, it was Adelaide Bird was the outjudge who saw this one for Wu. Um, I don't think it's the strongest score, honestly. No, yeah, I don't feel good about you not getting this round. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't want to bash uh, Bird here because that happens all the time, but I, I just didn't think this was a very good score. And, and honestly, she's actually turned on uh, a very good percentage of uh, descents this year. I was just kind of looking at my numbers no, as we in... came in. I haven't finished off uh, the the entirety of of UFC's year with everybody, but yeah, she's she's been doing pretty solid this year. So um, again, not great though. <laughs> I just don't love it. Round three. I think there's probably more of an argument here. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, round starts out, and it's it's all Yanan from the beginning. But I think her lands are just touches. There's nothing really all that impactful. Uh, but also, Bruno Silva doesn't start fighting until about 3.30 left. And when she lands, it's pretty night and day between the two. Uh, Yanan isn't landing clean. When she does, it's, it feels like it's just a jab. Bueno Silva landing heavier. Good right following the jab a few times. You'll see, woo, she relaxed like, wow, that was pretty hard. Uh, you never get that on Silva's side except from the body kick. Which was a really good body kick from Yanan. She is not Silva. She's Bueno Silva. She's Buevo good Silva. Silva. Good Silva. Well, it's easier to write Silva. My I fingers know. got tired. I understand. It's a lot of words. <laughs> and and then Bueno Silva, you know, she <laughs> after she gets kicked in the body by uh, Yanan, uh, she tries to start a firefight. She's like, hey, let's fight. Come on. She's waiting. I thought she landed some heavy shots in there. A lot of people are saying she missed. I didn't, I didn't see she missed all that much. So I think this round comes down to impact. I think Bueno Silva had the, the better impact. 10-9 her. It's look fair assessment. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong by any stretch, but I actually did side with Wu here. Um, I pretty much just saw just a little bit better impact actually on on her end is, is really what it came down to. Oh yeah, I didn't see that at I, all. Felt yeah. like just she's just touching her. Who knows? Maybe uh maybe I'm a little worn out from Easter because I didn't really get to watch this live. I had to watch this today uh in, instead of live. It is what it is. I think Mike Bell is a, a really excellent judge, and he saw it the way mm-hmm. for for Wu. So you know who am I to argue with him when I sort of certainly. Saw the argument that way. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem with this, but we are definitely split here. You saw it the same way as Bird and Camillo. I saw it for Bell. It didn't really matter because at uh, at the end of the day, both of us also thought that Bueno Silva won the first two rounds. So whoever you give it to, you get the same result. Yeah. Hopefully that answers uh, the question for Gio here. I think round two, much harder, I think, to give it to. Woo, but I think round three, it's much easier to get. Well, yeah, to, I think, well, win. round three, like I mentioned, the first minute and a half, Bueno Silva's not fighting. She's not doing anything. So that makes it that a, little, help, that so makes, a lot of catching up to do. That helps her case. And so. I don't think there's any, like, big strikes here in this round that kind of change the course necessarily. I think it's, it's you can make a much easier argument, I think. But I understand. Mm-hmm. I, look, I, I have no problem with you going that way. Um, and if you have a problem. You know, I'll meet you after church. All right. After, yeah, no, I don't want anything to do with post-church Scotty's fuel no, after church. No, 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 because I only go to church like twice a year. <laughs> but when I do, Scott goes I got my church, game face on. Comes out angry. <laughs> Instead of spiritually uplifted, I just, I'm just so mad. I just want to fight. <laughs> uh, happy Easter, everybody. 
and, and, and happy Passover and, and blessed Ramadan to everybody who's celebrating too. It's it's a it's quite a religious time going on right now. And atheists, you know, I hope you had a nice weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's move on though. We, we had one split decision that we had to get into, and that was Jordan Levitt against Trey Ogden. It was all 29-28s in this one, and it came down to round three. So, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of drama. This this one would have been helped by Opus Gore because everyone's like, oh, who would win? <laughs> a terrible round of fighting. <laughs> all right, come on. Uh, Ogden wants to grapple early. He lands a good right as Levitt is kind of just sitting on the ground off a, a failed takedown or something. It was a nice little uh, right. Then he settles into his guard, does nothing until they get back up. Uh, Levitt lands a nice winging right, and then gets taken down again. Nothing happens besides some pitter-patter until they stand up. Then the two most impactful strikes of the fight happen when Levitt lands two right hands, and it, it kind of forces Ogden to shoot for a takedown, but then ends up on his back, and we spend the final half of the round, both men landing pitter-patter, no attempt to advance From guard, position. yeah, full guard. Pretty awful round of fighting, 10-9 Levitt. I saw this one for Ogden, sir. Nah, I don't. I don't care. I did. <laughs> I didn't. I just didn't weigh those strikes that you're talking about from Levitt as heavily. I guess those final two. I mean, that's all. That's the only heavy strikes. I th- I actually thought that the the one thing that Ogden landed was more crisp. That right early right on. in the beginning of the yeah. Round. I thought that was a pretty crisp shot. I think he probably overall landed more of the uh, um, let's say non pitter patter strikes. Uh no. I don't. I think everything he threw was pitter patter. Besides that one. Nah, I, I didn't see it that way personally, but um. Yeah, like you said, not not a whole lot here that's like real heavy assessment strikes, you know. Um, I, I had enough to go for Ogden, same way as Junichiro Kamijo did. Um, you were, again, Mike Bell's at the heart of all of these. What's the deal, Mike? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he saw it uh, the same way as Anthony Manus and you uh, giving the fight to Jordan Levitt. I don't think anybody was robbed by any stretch. You don't give enough, you know, mm-hmm. higher impact strikes. This is going to happen. It's what it is. Um, we can move on, I think, right? Uh, Sam Hughes got the long-awaited win. She was like 0-3 in the UFC, correct? Yeah. Going into this? She was 0-3. Well, she won on the contender. That uh, doesn't count. I like calling it the contender. That's what That's what uh, yeah. Mike Bisping comes in. I like that he calls it the contender. <laughs> I, I, what a horrible British accent that was. I'm, I apologize to England um, and, and everyone from there. <laughs> That was pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, you're right. That is not official UFC. So No, it's not. It doesn't count on the UFC record. It just doesn't. Um, Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, right? That was, was that the original name? Yeah, something it like was, that. It was, what a mouthful. That was freaking <laughs> awful. Even, I still don't like this one. Take Dana's name out of it. It's called Contender Series. Anyway, um, Sam Hughes does, she, she finally gets her, her long-awaited UFC official victory, right? Mm-hmm. Over Estella Nunes, she got poked in the eye for her troubles, of course. Uh, but she gets the majority decision because of the point being taken away. This would have been a split decision, right? No, this would have no. been, this would have been a unanimous wrong? decision. Yes, it, it would have been a unanimous decision. decision. It, yes. So, wait, why am I screwing up? Oh, it would have been two thirty twenty sevens and a 29-28. That's where I made the mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and round two is the only one that was really uh, debatable here. So, let's talk about round two, sir. I don't think round two was debatable. Well, here's uh, where we are. Pretty even on the feet. Both landing pretty decent shots. I think Hughes is starting to pull away. She's landing more. Head snapping back every time she's landing. Some strong strikes. Nunes is starting to fade. And then with 30 seconds left, she gets taken down, thrown right into a crucifix, and just gets punched in the face for like 20 straight seconds. I think it's almost crystal clear for Hughes here. She put a stamp on a close round up to that point. I am not a fan of, of scoring this one for Nunes. Yeah, I'm also not either. This one, be, oh, because of the fact that you're, it, it's like the very last kind of thing that happens 
it's entirely possible that maybe you just don't have a great angle at it and maybe, maybe. you're just not seeing what's thrown there. I can sort of understand why uh, my bird ended up on this side, just because of the circumstances surrounding how it kind of flipped over more clearly to the one side. That's where I see it as much more defensible. I think if if you have all the information, you have the line of sight, I think it's so easy to give this one to Hughes because of all the reasons you did, you did say, but I, I'm much more understanding of how this round could have gone the other way than I was of the other one, if that makes any sense. Of the other one, Adelaide was. Yeah, the other one, the other oh, one with Adelaide no. Bird. Yeah, I don't. I'm not so much. Okay, I'm I'm opposite. But again, I'm not I'm not so. saying that this round was less clear. What I'm saying is the way it happened, where the moment it became clear was really at the end of the round. There really wasn't a whole lot of time there, right? If you miss everything there, I could see it. Why? Well, I know, but you shouldn't miss that though. But it comes down to again, if you're where are you positioned on the cage, right? What panel you're right, on? I'm not yeah, sure where she was in know. relation to that. Is is she behind a panel? Does she have to switch her view over to uh, the monitors there? Is someone in the way? There's a lot of factors that come down to just the fact that there was not a whole lot of time in which this thing happened. That's where I start to understand how you get to that score, even if I disagree with that score. All right. That's what it comes down. But yeah, again, if, if you have all the information, if, if there's no... Uh, distractions or interruptions or you know line of sight blockage or anything like that. Yeah, I think this is just clean, clear as day that this should be a huge round. Ultimately, it's why you have three judges. Yeah, you know for reasons that potentially like that. So again, two scores from from Bird here, not the greatest scores, but you can see at least I can see how this one for sure gets uh gets put up there. And the other one I get too, but I just I disagree more with it just because again I can't really see. As strongly, uh, let's say, an excuse. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and then the last one, Bilal Muhammad. We'll go back to the main event here. Bilal Muhammad, two 49-46s and a 48-47. We're only talking about round four being debatable here. So let's debate it, sir. Yeah. What happens? This is a really close round, I thought. Uh, Luke, he's landing the outside leg kick, some straights to the head. Muhammad is answering with straights of his own. I think Muhammad is probably getting the better reactions of the strikes that are landing with a bit more impact. Uh, Muhammad lands a punch uh, right into a takedown, and then he kind of sits in guard. Um, but from there, he actually does land a bunch to the head. Probably not that strong, but more than pitter-patter, I'd say. Okay. Uh, there's a scramble back to the feet, and they, they resume the striking battle. But all's, you know, lateral movement keeps going. Luke chasing him pretty much the whole time. I think it's rather even. Uh, probably a slight favor to Luke in this final exchange. But uh, I think Bilal Muhammad's landing enough where he's not giving up the lead. Uh, so I got 10-9 Muhammad in a tight one. Yeah, so did I. I got there basically the same way you did. I, I really don't have a ton to add to that one. So, yeah, I mean, we, we both saw it with the majority here. That was Derek Cleary and Sal D'Amato. It was Chris Lee who is the out judge seeing it for Luke. Didn't matter. It was a close enough round. Mm -hmm. Not no problems. Yeah, I got no issue yeah. with that. Fire Chris Lee, says the <laughs> stupid people. Anyway. Uh, that was that was it for contested rounds. Finishes uh, on this one. We had five actual finishes instead of fights that ended early and went to the cards. Uh, so we had two of those. Four TKO stoppages and one submission. Two fights ended in the first round. Which of those five was your favorite? Hoffa Garcia losing a point and knowing he, well, I should probably just finish it then. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I'm not going to let Mark Smith take any more points away from me. That evil Mark so, Smith. I'm just going to beat up Jesse Ronson, take his back, and choke him. So evil, that was my favorite. Evil Mark Smith. That's what he's known <laughs> as. That's his nickname. Well, what's yours? That's what they call him in the flight flight community, as I understand <laughs> it. <laughs> um, 
the the curtain jerker. Uh, Al Tang Hali. Yeah, that was good. Getting the forty second, forty seven second finish over Kevin Kroom, making everybody think, "Oh man, it's gonna be a super exciting night of fights." And then it ended up being just a weird night of fights. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really love that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was a little disappointed, but at, at least he got off to a good start. So that was that was nice. Um, he, he's a fun fighter. I'll take highly. Yeah. I also don't, I'm not really familiar with na- the naming conventions of uh, people from Mongolia, which is where Alateng Haile is from. But I find it interesting that the UFC lists him by one name. Although there was a time where, and and I've seen in other places where they do Alateng and then Haile two separate. Well, DC called him Alateng. Right in the in the, uh, but I don't understand why it's presented as one name here. Rongju is the same way. Uh, and Orichi Lang, right? Orichi Lang, yeah, Orichi Lang. Lang. Um, I don't. I, I'm I'm curious about this. If anybody understands uh, this topic uh, better than me and can explain it, I'm always fascinated by these type of things. So I, I definitely want to get it right and understand it right. So uh, hit me up. Hit him up. Yeah. Me on the other hand, I don't care too much. I'm sure you don't, but I do. Because I'm kind of a nerd. Um, I'm quite a nerd, actually, especially when it comes to language. But that's it for this past weekend. Let's look ahead to the next weekend when there's not just one Bellator card to annoy uh, my friend here, Dana Urban. There are two Bellator yeah. cards to annoy my friend Dana right. Urban here. When you go to Hawaii, you might as well make the most of it. That's what they like so. to do. They always do these double ones in Hawaii. I wish the OC would go to Hawaii. It's kind I, of a, it's I, kind of shameful they didn't bother. It's kind of, yeah, Max would love it there. Max versus Volk. There was three a in Hawaii. There was a fighter a, a long time ago. I don't know if you were familiar with him. His name was um was was Baby yeah. J Penn. Man, BJ versus GSP. They called him BJ. That's right. Yeah, that's interesting. You knew that. Um, it's a little <laughs> known fact. But I always thought it would have been fun if they had a card there uh with J Penn. Yeah, we and then done they that. they didn't have that. But uh, yeah. I would like to see the UFC get there. But, hey, Bellator gets there. Uh, let's start with the Friday night uh, portion of this two-night event. Basically the Contender Series. Not the Contender Series, the uh, the Strike Force uh, up-and-coming. Challenger Series. Challenger Series event of the weekend. I mean, there was a, t- there was a title fight yeah. on this one. It's Juliana Velasquez against uh, Liz Carmouche for the 125-pound title. Uh, Liz Carmouche, I-, I think it's so strange that they made her fight this long to get the title shot. Maybe she was up for it or not, but like she literally lost to... Valentina Shevchenko, UFC lets her go, and then she has to fight two or three times to get the Bellator mm. title shot. I think we know which one's more prestigious here. There's no debate over who is the better champion of the two. No offense to Juliana Velasquez, but Valentina Shevchenko is one of the best fighters of all time. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I just think it's silly. But here we are. Um, you have any thoughts on this one? I'm going to go with the undefeated Velasquez to win a decision. I will, too. Uh, I, I think she... I've, I've, I've thought... She was pretty solid as a prospect for a very long time, and now she's obviously a champion. And I could see her getting the win here over Liz Carmouche, mm-hmm. who's you know definitely long in the tooth, I guess, for the sport. Yeah, so she's know, almost she's like 38, 38. Yeah, and and she's been fighting a long time, yeah. and she's part of that first uh, women's title fight in With the Rousey. UFC. Yeah, and she'd been fighting before that. She, she I remember her first fight when she kind of like came on like let's say the major scene. Mm-hmm. She had a title fight against uh, Marlos Kunin okay. in Strike Force. I think she turned a lot of heads. She actually, I think she won a round. She almost, it's been a long time now at this point. I can, I can remember where I was sitting there watching this fight, but I can't remember the details as well. And uh, yeah, she she definitely gave Marlos Kunin some problems. Yeah. Who was herself one of the greatest women's mm-hmm. fighters uh, for a time. So having said all that, yeah, Velasquez, I'm also going to say decision. I, I don't, I don't so. see any reason to believe different. Who are Hawaiian judges? Goodness. 
I don't really know. Okay. Uh, I imagine Bellator will probably try to bring in some of the judges that they sometimes have travel for them. Uh, you know, Mike Mazzulli, who heads the ABC, is also involved in the Bellator or the okay. Mohegan Commission. So, yeah, I, I think if he's able to bring in Hawaiian or judges to Hawaii, I imagine there's one or two uh, people out there who would voluntarily go to yeah. Hawaii to work <laughs> a couple nights. It doesn't sound like the worst thing to do. It's like a guess. You Sounds know? like a good time. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I was really thinking of going up to Alaska, but I guess I'll go to Hawaii. Yeah. So, is, no... Yeah, I, I didn't get to research local judges on this one, unfortunately. I just I kind of ran out of time. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna speculate, and we'll call it speculation. I'm gonna speculate that there's gonna be some traveling judges uh, that we often see at like Bellator events. So who those people are, okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a Brian Miner. Maybe it's uh, an Eric Cologne. You know, kind of northeast based officials. Will Doug Crosby go there? I don't know. I'm sure, he'll want to. Mm, if yeah. I'm just gonna guess, because again, <laughs> same reasons I said everybody else wants to go there. You know, yeah. my dad will judge it if he if he can go to Hawaii. That's fine. Mm-hmm. My dad would love to go to Hawaii. So <laughs> if they tell him, oh yeah, you you can judge it. You just gotta you know just gotta judge these fights. I'm like okay, fine. He'll do a terrible job though. He doesn't watch fights. But there's of course the second night. That was Bellator 278. We are on to Bellator 279 on Saturday night. This is the this is the main attraction. Oh yeah, this sure. is like the proper Strike Force card, like you said, mm-hmm. um, or Spike Force, or whatever they called. What do what they call it now? Bellator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there, there's like the, the God, I'm like blanking on everything now. I'm I'm underslept. Uh, <laughs> let's just start at the top. Let's move on from my craziness. Chris Cyborg. She is defending her title at 145 pounds once again against Arlene Blenko in a mm-hmm. rematch of a rematch, fight that I don't yeah. think anyone felt we had to have, but here we are. Yeah, no, Cyborg makes it easy in this rematch. She should. And a lot quicker. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'll say, yeah, Cyborg wins in two minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah, knocks her Yeah, I'll, I'll just go with that, just to just to make it interesting, right? We'll see if mm-hmm. I... If it's two minutes and 34 seconds, send me money. I deserve it. Yeah, you, you do deserve it. I do. Yeah. I deserve a lot of money. <laughs> Give me all of your pennies. Uh, and then this is this is kind of the, the like, we got some 135-pound Bellator uh, Grand Prix matches here. Yes, another Grand Prix, so I'm kind of excited about that. I like them. I, I know you do. Go a little faster, but I know. Do like three or four Grand Prix a year. <laughs> they don't have millions of dollars to give out, please. Oh, yes, they do. Viacom no. is rich. Yeah, but they don't be- budget it for Bellator. Well, maybe they should start thinking to do that. Maybe they should, but they're not going to. That's um, true. They don't even put any money into marketing, so. Yes. <laughs> uh, Juan Archuleta. Former champion at this division is going against uh, Ralphian Stotts. That is the first of these. You got any thoughts on this one? Yeah, Stotts is the guy. He's uh he's winning the Grand Prix and he's uh, also taking the belt from Archuleta. And Archuleta's out of the Grand Prix in round one. Mm-hmm. No, uh, he's not winning in round one of the fight. He's going to win decision. The the but initial the, the quarterfinal round. The quarterfinal of the round tournament. of the Grand Prix. Juan Archuleta, the champ, is out. Okay. Well, thanks for making that confusing. Yes, I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did too. Um, I mean. I, I could certainly see Ralph Hanstotts win. I think I'm just going to pick Juan Archuleta to be different from you. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'll go with Juan Archuleta decision. I was trying to rewatch Stotts and Magomedov, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find it anywhere. It, was, it wasn't even on Showtime. Like, Are you sure? Yeah. I looked, they, they, like, skipped past 264. Hmm. It jumps from 263 to, like, 266. Hmm. Fascinating. That's terrible. Yeah. I'll take your word for it, but maybe you're wrong because you know I'm not wrong. I look I don't know high and low. I don't know. You're 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 not trustworthy, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I I'm kidding. I I I respect your opinion. But let us see the other one. Actually, I'm much more interested in this one to be honest because I have a high opinion of Kyoji Horiguchi, who's mm-hmm. going against Patchy Mix. 
I really see Kyoji Horiguchi as the man to beat in this one, in Hor- this whole tournament. Horiguchi is winning this fight. He's not going to lose to another Hail Mary. No. Uh, it's just not happening. Decision, though. Boy, if he did, though, that would stink. That would be ridiculous. That would be really unfortunate. Yeah. There's, no, Patchy Mix doesn't have the Hail Mary in, his, in there, so. Kyoji Horiguchi, round two, knockout. All right. Yeah. I got decision. I'm, I know you do. Uh, again, Hawaii judges, same deal. My dad's not there. But he would if he could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a couple prelims fights I'm actually interested in too. Um, I, I like Kai Kamaka, local fighter there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going against Justin Gonzalez. I thought Kai Kamaka really deserved to be in the UFC. I don't think they should have let him go, and I think he's Bellator's gain just well, because he's a fun action fighter. This he is. I'm not saying he's going to be the champion one day, but I I enjoy his fights. It's his second stint in Bellator, right? Yeah. It's his second fight at least. No, since it's his second back. stint. Is, is it his second stint? Yeah. All right. Take your word for it, even though you're not trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to take Justin Gonzalez around two TKO. I'm going to say Kai Kamaka decision. All right. And the other one I was also interested in. Uh, and, and, and honestly, this isn't a bad card, top to bottom. I mean, it's, yeah. it's still it's still a Bellator card, but there's there's some fights here. I like uh, Yancy Medeiros getting a fight on his home uh, turf as well yeah. against Emmanuel Sanchez. This is a good 155 pound bout. Should be a good fight. I mean, both are on incredible losing streaks. <laughs> Um, Someone's probably going to win. I think uh, Madero could be a draw or no contest. Madero's probably lost to the better competition over like cumulative competition. So Uh, you're doing. So I'm going to do a little bit of MMA math. You're doing subtraction MMA math. Yes, I'm. Or division (laughs) or something. It's it's the other end. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Madero's in a decision. (laughs) I I will also pick Madero's. I just think it's going to be a fun fight. Decision. It should be decision. Medeiros I always does come to fight. I won't say it's because it's kind of exciting. Too, I won't so. say it's because of MMA math, because uh, <laughs> then you just you sound crazy, sir. <laughs> sound crazy, got flying off the handle with that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I I will agree. With this we'll get in there the same way. Uh, and then we got over over to uh, UFC Vegas fifty two. Actually, I put I miswrote this on our yeah. outline, but it's number fifty two. I don't even know if they tried to when they booked this card. I don't get Not the sense enticing. that they cared a whole lot about it. Uh, it kind of honestly, both of these two cards I didn't think were necessarily constructed with love. The previous one and this one mm. too. Good main event in the last one. This one, I I think the world of Jessica Andrade is a fighter, but her against Amanda Lemos isn't exactly what's going to get the casuals to turn on the fights and be no. like, "Hey, what's going on here?" I mean, the Owen one, Mike Jackson's on it. Yeah, why is Mike <laughs> Jackson on this? No offense to Mike Jackson, but. It's just confusing. He, we haven't seen him in a very long time. No, he's not 0-1. He beat CM Punk. They got him listed as 0-1. What? Here, yeah, yeah, the that truth. That doesn't make any sense. Well, Tapology is usually reliable. Let me see what they got put Well, I, I'm pretty sure I watched him lose to Mickey Gall. No contest. Did he oh, test positive for something? That's right. There was a no contest there, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, man. I was going to say, I remember that fight. Test positive for weed. So yeah. That's weird. That's kind of Well, okay. obviously. So one in one. That's yeah, what it is. No, no, no. Honestly, that's there's no more dangerous drug the fighter can take for their opponent than marijuana. <laughs> yeah, being stoned during it. Well, he wasn't during it. <laughs> yeah, I'm no. I'm pretty sure it was it's just, just so, in the system anyway. So silly. Yeah. I'm look. I don't partake even. I'm. This is not my kind of thing. I never have, and I never plan to. But it's still stupid. Why are you doing? Why, yeah. why are you taking a win from the guy? The forty-year-old Clay Guida is on the card, though. All right. He's kind of. It's kind of okay. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. We to always see Clay like on there. Clay. Who's he fighting? Even I actually didn't put him on. Claudio Puelas. Claudio Puelas. Okay. Yeah. Puelas. I think it's Puelas. And Macy Barber. I mean, you know, she's kind of dropped a little bit, but yeah, she's, she's I'm just back. not that. I'm just not. I mean, we have this on, listed on our. 
outline as other fights of interest or others of interest. Yeah. I'm not interested in the fight is really what Actually, you know what? There's to. one I missed that I am actually quite interested oh, in. Oh, what's that? Manel Cop and Suma Derji. Okay, you know what? Fair enough. That that's, one, that one, absolutely. I, I'm with you too. That's a good fight. Suma Darji is going to be a good one. Um, who you got in that one anyway? I'm going to go with Cop. I think he's finally found, you know, his comfort zone where he can just not fight, you know, carefully and he's going to go crazy. I think he's going to get a second round TKO. Yeah, I like that. We should actually go back to the main event that we kind of skipped over. Oh, yeah. That, that <laughs> the, the wildest headline. I know we're not that excited yeah. for it, but it, it, look, it actually is an impactful fight in the division. It is. If true. Jessica Andrade wins, realistically, she could be the next challenger for the strawweight title. Again? It's entirely... Sure, why not? Uh, yeah, sure. There is so. a trilogy fight there with Rose Namajunas if Rose is the winner over Carlos Barza. That's true. It, it makes all the sense in the world. Their second fight was also reasonably close in only three rounds. Yeah, but Rose I, is going to be the champ, so I guess so. We'll see. Yeah, I, three. I, I think I think you got to at least look at this fight with some interest. It's it's a real intriguing yeah. I do fight think for the division. It's I, it's it's not it's not the fight that's going to draw people in, but I think there's there's value and importance to this fight. So that's why, in a sense, I totally understand why it's the main event here, especially because you get two extra rounds for them to figure this out. I don't think they're going to give a five round non main event fight here is to this particular fight so i'm good with it in that sense it's just no one really is tuning in for it it needs a better undercard than it has yeah that's fair so but yeah i'm gonna say andrage here i'm going to say i'm gonna say decision i think i think lamos is gonna be able to, to stick it out i think she i think late late finish probably okay. round four tko right. uh the other the other fight that i was really actually interested in uh is lando venata against uh charles jordan because I think it's gonna be fireworks. That's yeah, that's a wild fight. A lot of fun. I think that's definitely my fight of the night contender. Um, And now Cop certainly could change Mm -hmm. that. But yeah, I I think this is the one that like if you're trying to tell people like, hey, there's reason to watch this card. Forget about the impact of the the uh, on the divisions or anything like that. If you just want to watch a fun fight, tune in for Lando Venata against Charles Jordan. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I got Jordan by decision. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Jordan by decision as well. And that does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We love the questions. I'd love for uh, if you send more to us. I, I had a fun time answering those. Sub those questions and you know hit us up at uh, at Couchside Judges on Twitter or you know hit Dan and I up too uh, at Scott underscore Fontana at the Dan Urban. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.